Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you with an open heart. We want to hear what the Spirit wants to say to the church. And we today want to learn from the Holy Spirit, Lord. And we want to put it into practice. We don't want to be just hearers of the Word of God. We want to be doers. And we want to be that man in the book of Matthew chapter 7 that built a house on the rock. And when the rain comes down, when the wind blows, when the storm comes, that house will stand and come out perfect without a scratch. Because we are the doers of what you say, either through the Holy Spirit or through the Word of God. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Today, I would like to continue to talk about prayer. It's important that the church will train and teach members how to pray effectively. Unfortunately, many believers around the world don't know how to pray to God. That's why we produce a CD series called Touching Heaven, Changing Earth. And we already finished first series long time ago, maybe five years ago. Now I'm trying to finish the second series. And James chapter 5, verses 13 to 15, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith, we need faith in prayer. The prayer of faith, we're going to build faith together by hearing the word of God. We save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. The whole passage in James chapter 5, verses 13 to 15, is about prayer. Do you believe that God can change things and situations on this earth when we pray properly, effectively, and biblically? That's why we need to know how to pray effectively. And the things on earth can be changed by our prayer effort. After Elijah prayer. The atmosphere was changed for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the atmosphere changed again. This is why it's our great privilege to pray. We have the privilege to pray to God and change the situation on earth here. Prayer is a great responsibility because we need to know how to pray correctly and properly. When we see things on earth that do not go in the right way. We know that we are not in charge. We know that we don't have any manpower to change anything. Should we be hopeless? Should we sit down hopelessly and say, whatever will be, will be, and we just give up? 
No, we don't need to as a church. We can pray to God. The situation that look impossible, the situation that we cannot do anything, we can pray to God, and God can change the situation. We don't need to do a lot of religious things. We just know how to pray correctly and effectively to God. If we pray according to the Word, we pray according to the will of God, we pray by faith, we're going to get the result. We're going to see miracles happen in our life. That's why we all need to press in to learn how to pray effectively, not just depending on the pastor and the elder to pray for you. But you all need to be pray warrior. Amen? Pray. Make a big difference on this earth. If you want to see that things change on earth, you need to learn how to pray effectively. When we heard a bad report, maybe medical report, maybe financial report, bad report, family report, should we be discouraged? Should we just give up and throw it into a tower? No. We can say, our church is going to pray for this situation, and we don't need to cry. We don't need to get discouraged. We can see God change the situation in front of our eyes. Amen? We're going to pray. We believe God Listen to our prayer, and God can perform miracles. Prayer is a communion with God. It is not only one-way communication. Prayer should be reciprocal relationship of fellowship. We should not pray in vain repetition, which means keep saying the same thing again and again without the meaning in our heart. Before I became a Christian, I was a Buddhist, and I pray the vain repetition. I keep saying the same thing again and again in the language I don't even understand. And I keep praying and talking without understanding. That is vain repetition. Prayer is not vain repetition to say anything again and again and again. Prayer is not counting beats. It's not uh, spinning a wheel. It's not kneeling down in front of the picture and statue. It's not about talking to the, any saint in the Bible. When we pray, we don't talk to Peter and Paul and Santa Claus. We are talking to God, the Father, in the name of Jesus. We are not talking to Mary. We are not talking to the angels. We are talking to the Father in the name of Jesus. That is a real prayer. You don't need to pray through me to God. You pray directly to the Father. John chapter 16, 23 to 24, the Bible says, In that day, you will ask me nothing. Most actually, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father. Everyone say the Father. You ask the Father in my name, in Jesus' name, He will give you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask. Jesus said, ask. And you will receive that your joy may be full. What a privilege we have that we can come into the presence of God at the throne room of God in the Spirit, in the name of Jesus. And we can talk to the Father, the kings of all kings and the Lord of all lords. And we can present our request to Him. And he receive our request. He can answer our prayer. What a privilege we have as a believer in the New Testament. This is one of the great things of the new covenant churches that we can talk to God directly. We don't need to go through any man. We don't need to go through any prophet. We don't need to even to go through the pastor. 
Because there was, there was only one mediator, and his name is Jesus Christ. You can go directly to the Father in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can pray anywhere, anytime, in the airplane, in the bedroom, while you're walking on the street, while you're driving, anytime you can pray to the Father. No one in the world is a better prayer person than Jesus Christ. Jesus is the perfect example of how to pray. And when you read the Bible, you can see that Jesus demonstrated how to pray in actions. And he also taught the disciple how to pray. So we're going to pray the way he prayed. And as Jesus needed to pray a lot, how much more we need to pray? If you study about the life of Jesus, he prayed all the time. He prayed a lot. Sometimes he prayed all night. And how about us as a believer, as a human disciple? We need to pray as well. Jesus taught us that we need to pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. We need to pray in love. I'm reviewing right now from the first series. We need to pray by faith. And we need to pray according to the will of God. There is a time to ask in the name of Jesus. There is a time to say to the mountain. It's a time to require and demand in the name of Jesus. Yesterday, somebody emailed me from Thailand that my father is sick in the hospital. How should I pray? I said, go to listen to this series. Okay, go home and do your homework. But by the way, very short, you can demand the sickness to leave the body of your father. You can command that mountain in the name of Jesus by faith. You don't demand God though. You demand the devil. You demand the enemy. You demand the mountain to live your life. That is we call the prayer of requiring and demanding and speaking and saying. There is also the prayer of persistency. You need to keep asking God. I remember three months ago, I was attacked by shoulder pain. For some reason, maybe I left the luggage in the airplane or something, and I have very severe shoulder pain. As a doctor, right away, I have the privilege to stand in the operating room, and somebody can inject medication here, inject medication in my vein. They all did this for me in the operating room because I'm a surgeon. I said, could you inject this? Could you do this for me? I did it a few times. It's still painful. I took ibuprofen, and all the medication is still painful, but I need to demand. So I keep commanding that sickness to go away, it took me about two months. And eventually, suddenly the pain stopped. Even though I tried all the medical treatment, the pain did not stop. You know why? Because I need to be persistent in my prayer. I cannot quit in the first prayer. I need to keep asking, keep commanding, keep persistent in my prayer. Not only that, we learned last time that we need to pray a prayer of submission. Jesus said, it's not my will, but your will. You can plead your case with God. And at the same time, God can please his case with you. He may say, in this request, I'm not going to answer you. Stop praying. Stop asking me. I'm not going to answer you. He pleads his case to us because his will is another way. So we need to pray the prayer of submission that God's will shall be done in this situation. Not only that, we learn that we can pray by the Spirit. Romans chapter 8, verses 26 to 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray. For as we ought, 
But the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. As a human being, our head, our brain is so limited. Our mind have limited understanding. We don't know the future. When people come to talk to us, we don't know their heart, what they're thinking. We don't know everything. We are so limited in our standing and knowledge. But who knows everything? Who knows from the beginning to the end? Who knows the future? God. So when you pray, the best thing is to really hook up to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you don't know what to say in the word of understanding, either English or Chinese or Japanese or Thai or Laotian. You don't know how to pray in the human language. You can pray in the spirit, in the spiritual language, or because praying in tongues. But sometimes the Holy Spirit can lead you to pray in the human language by showing, by giving you the revelation and prophecy and vision and dreams so that you can pray specifically. For that person, I give you example. Two weeks ago, one of the brothers here who just came back to Seattle, I pray for him, and suddenly the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Pray for him, Promised Land. I did not know anything about him at all, but God knows what he needs. So I say, Promised Land, you're gonna get something. And what happened? Three days later, he got the place to leave. He got the place to stay. He was looking for a place to live, and God provided for him supernaturally. At the beginning, his dad rejected to have him back to the house to help the dad. But the dad had a dream after that Sunday, and he woke up and, and called, say, "Come and stay with me and help me." Now he has a place to live on Mercer Island. You can see here that by the Holy Spirit, you can pray specifically according to the will of God. Amen. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. How many people thank God for the Holy Spirit? He can help you to pray. Amen. Don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes when I lay hand, a lot of people sit down. Oh, what is going on here? The person that can help you the most in your life, not pass aloud, not the computer, not the internet. The person that can help you the most in your life is the Holy Ghost. He is powerful. He knows everything. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 4. Now it come to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he, he means Jesus, ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We're going to study about how Jesus teaches the disciple how to pray. Don't take this passage as a ritual. By praying exact word, word by word, again and again, out of a ritual, out of a religious duty. This is just the principle. It's the manner of prayer. Not exact word you need to pray like this. Again and again, 
without the true meaning. The disciples saw Jesus' prayer, and when they saw him praying, they were so impressed. Wow! I never seen somebody pray like this. Could you please teach me? They noticed that Jesus did not pray out of ritual. Jesus did not pray out of a religious duty. Jesus did not say, "I put in 30 minutes to pray." Have you ever heard that? Oh, you know, I put in today 30 minutes to pray. No, when you have a strong relationship with somebody, good relationship with somebody, you don't look at the clock. Do not look at the watch. Time fly by so quickly. You become lost track of the time because you enjoy talking, listening, having fellowship and communion with that person. Prayer is a communion with God. Prayer is a fellowship with God. You don't say that I put in 20 minutes to pray today. No, you don't say that. You say, I enjoy spending time with the Father. And if you look at Jesus' life carefully, when you read the scripture, Jesus always, all the time, talked to the Father. And he also talked about the Father all the time. For Jesus, the Father was so real to him. It's like talking to the person next in front of his eyes. God, the Father, is so real to Jesus. And he Connect to the Father all the time. In John chapter 12, verse 26, look what Jesus said. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my Father will honor. Jesus was not just talking to the air. He was talking about the Father and he was talking to the Father. He has a two-way communication. He always quote the Father, refer to the Father. He doesn't need to hear the audible voice. He can hear the voice in the Spirit. When we talk to God, don't expect all the time to hear the audible voice. Don't expect to have a feeling. Oh, if God, if I don't smell God, if I don't hear the audible voice of God, if I don't touch God physically, I don't believe that God is real. God is real. He is Spirit. And He can be real to your Spirit. And Communication with God or the life of prayer is something you need to learn and you need to develop. You need to develop the sensitivity in your spirit to the spirit of God. I understand this very well in the medical work we call medical practice. Why don't we just call medical profession? We call medical practice because it's about experience, developing the skill of how to talk to the patient, how to make the diagnosis, and how to cut the hair, open the skull, take the tumor out within two hours. When I first became a neurosurgeon, it took me about three hours to do a certain brain tumor. Now I can do it in one and a half hours. Done. Close. Very quickly, because I have a long-term practice. I have a lot of experiences in performing surgery. In order to be sensitive to the Spirit, to hear what God the Father speaks to you, you need to develop that lifestyle, talking to God all the time. That's what happened to Jesus. He was talking to the Father. We need to learn from Him to become more sensitive to the voice of the Father. If you read the Bible carefully, you can see Jesus always referred to the Father. He talked to the Father. He talked about the Father. For example, he said, I am in the Father, and my Father is in me. 
He said that every word I say, I heard the Father say. Everything I do, I do what I see the Father do. So he always caught that he is in connection with the Father all the time. Should we walk that way? One goal of my life as a pastor is that I'm talking from my heart right now. My goal is not just get this room filled with people and have offering. That's not my goal. My goal is that whoever joins this church, I want you to be educated in the Word of God, and I want to train you to walk in the Spirit 24-7. You will be the people who 24-7 walk in the Spirit. You can connect to the Spirit of the Father, and you can hear Him, talk to Him, and be led by Him, and know what's going on by the Spirit of God 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's my goal. If you can do that, you don't need me anymore. Is that right? So my goal is to train you to be like Jesus, is to know the Word and to walk in relationship with the Father. Jesus is the Father pleaser. In verse 27, Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. You can see the heart of Jesus. Jesus said, Father, you know, physically, I don't want to go to the cross. It's painful. It's not fun to be slapped, to be whipped. It's not fun. Could you please take this away from me? But then he turned around and said, Father, I want to please you. It's your will for me to come into the world to die for sinners. I'm going to go through it. You can see Jesus is that kind of person that very connected to the Father and always want to please the will of the Father. He showed us example how we can walk on earth today as a believer. In verse 28, John 12, verse 28, Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Verse 29, Therefore, the people who stood by and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, An angel has spoken to him. I read all this scripture to show you that Jesus always in communion with the Father. He talked to the Father, and the Father talked back to him. Back and forth. Should we live our life that way, 24 hours a day? I learned how to walk like that. 24 hours a day, I will talk to the Father. and listen to the Father. What He wants me to do, what He wants me to say. When I perform the surgery, I listen to God. I shared with my care group last, this past Friday, that on Wednesday, I have a very difficult surgery. A wife of a cardiologist came in with a big mess in her back. Actually, emotionally, I did not want to do this surgery. It's a tough surgery because I can cut into the scar and cut the nerve and she become polarized. And I don't want to make a wife of the cardiologist become polarized. It is the last thing in the world. But when I start to cut the skin, I began to hook up and say, God, I need help. The father began to speak to me. Go here. Go there. Do this. Do that. Every single second I was led by the father, by the voice of the Holy Spirit. And the surgery came out beautiful. Within one hour, I finished. Surgery was done beautifully. She got better. And I was so relieved when I walked out of the operating room and oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. 
He led me every single step. Even I finished on the right side and I began to do the left side. He said, "Go back to the right side. You still miss something." And I went back there. I found something and I missed. Praise God! Can you imagine? Human being cannot understand. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. So we can see here that you can hear from God in your spirit, and you can talk to God. This is the problem with believers. We are all hearing God in a different way. Two persons can sit next to one another in the church meeting, and while I'm preaching, the Father wants to talk to you. And one person leaves the building set free, revived, on fire for God. Another person walk out bored. And hear nothing about it. You know why? Because some people are very carnally oriented. It's all about nice carpet, nice chair, nice music. It's about how good the voice is. That's why they never heard anything from God. But another person is spiritually oriented. They sit here. God, speak to me through Pastor Lao. Show me. Oh, by the way, I, when I talked to that man in Thailand who was driving 160 miles. This is what he said to me. I don't know if it's true or not. I think it's true. He said that I went into the website and I listened to every sermon of every pastor except you for years. When I look at your name, I'm scared. I don't want to listen to you. Even though I have the most sermon in that website, 150 sermons, other pastors have only two, three, one, but he never listened to me until one day God said, listen. So he began to listen to every sermon many times in the website. This is not our church website, somebody else's church website. And he said, it's amazing. He and his friend listened to the same sermon and he remembered at this 40 minutes, I say something because it's all computerized. You can see the minute. He said that when he and his friend listened to the same sermon again at that 40 minutes, my message changed. Not the same word. I said, how? How come? How that happened? He said, I believe God was speaking to us supernaturally to the MP3 that he recorded. God to change the word. He remember and his friend witnessed that the word totally changed. People are so hungry and God can speak to him in a supernatural way through the MP3 in his own computer, changing the whole word in something else that God wants to speak to him. Wow, when I listened on the phone, I was crying like, wow, God is so good. God is so good. Hallelujah. Amen. We need to come to God with the spiritually minded. Sometimes people think this way. God, show me a miracle, then I will believe in you. Show me a big miracle. The Bible never said that faith comes by seeing the miracle. You remember when Jesus was walking on the water? What happened to the disciple? Did the Bible say, then the disciple have such great faith? No. The Bible said the disciple were afraid. Faith did not come by seeing the miracle. Faith come by hearing and hearing of the word of God that preached by the anointed preacher. Faith come by the Holy Spirit through the word of God. And people can explain away all the miracles. Oh, that person healed from cancer. It's an accident. He just go into remission. Oh, that person do this. Oh, it's just a fluke, just a coincidence. People can explain away all the miracles. Therefore, your heart needs to come to God and listen to him with the heart of humility and seeking him that he never lies and he is a true living God. Amen? We should desire and develop the lifestyle of prayer. Okay. <clears throat> Matthew 6, 5 to 7. And when you pray, 
you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the street, that they may be seen by men. Actually, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place, and your father. Who sees in secret will reward you openly. I like that. Reward you openly. Everyone can see. You pray secretly, but the reward come openly. Oh, I like that. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. What we learn from Jesus, number one here, we are talking to God. We are not talking to man. When we pray, we talking to God. We don't pray to manipulate the situation. You may come into the care group and you pray, "God, help me! I need money, money!" And when you say "money," everyone in the care group can hear, so that you hope that somebody can write you a check. You are not talking to God; you are talking to man. That's the problem. Sometimes people use a prayer meeting. To tell people what I need, so that somebody can help me. Don't manipulate. That is the flesh. Talk to God and let God deal with it. God gonna work with somebody. Okay. Number two, don't pray such a prayer that make people honor you and say, "Wow, he's such a good prayer warrior." Oh, like this. No, 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 no. You don't pray to get any honor from man. You pray because you love God and you depend on Him. Number three. Don't keep saying the same thing again and again without the meaning in your heart. You say what you mean, and you mean what you say. Don't keep saying repeatedly the same thing and the same thing again. Number four, what Jesus say is here: that don't think that God can answer your prayer because you say many words, because many people pray together, or because you spend a lot of time praying. The amount of time and the word you say and how many people pray has nothing to do. Is all about faith and pray in the will of God. So we need to know how to pray effectively. Some people drag on, keep talking, keep say long sentence again and again. Think that if you pray long prayer, many words, many high vocabulary, English vocabulary, God gonna be happy and God gonna answer. No, nothing about that. It's all about praying according to the will, pray by faith, and know how to pray exactly. And God will answer. Maybe it will one word. Jesus sometimes say one word. Get up. The person get up. He didn't pray a long prayer. Father in heaven, heal this man and keep praying for fifteen minutes, twenty minutes. He just say get up, and the person get up. Amen. It's not about wrong prayer. It's about faith. It's about saying the right thing according to the spirit of God. Amen. Okay, let's continue to look at what Jesus say. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. In this manner, everyone say in this manner. It means that you don't say the same thing He say. It means this is the principle. The manner means principle. Therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallow be your name. So the principle of communion with God, number one, you don't pray to man, you don't pray to the angel. You pray to your Father in heaven. Everyone say, "I pray to my Father." 
Some people don't understand the principle of prayer. They pray to Jesus. They pray to the Holy Spirit. No, you pray to the Father in the name of Jesus and expecting the Holy Spirit to do the work. Everyone say, pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, expecting the Holy Spirit to get the job done. You understand the way now? You how you connect to the Trinity? Okay, you pray to the Father, and then He say, "Hallow be Thy name." What it means? It means don't mention the name of the Father in vain. But every time you say, "My Father in heaven," it means you talk to Him or you talk about Him. Don't say, "Oh my God," you are mentioning the name of God in vain. And "Hallow be Thy name," it means you realize that you are not talking to just a little God. You're talking to the Creator. You're talking to the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. You're talking to the God of Abraham, the God who split the Red Sea. You're talking to the God who owns everything in the universe, who sits on the throne. You need to understand. You need to honor Him when you talk to God. You don't talk to God. Hey, hi, hi, old man, my old man. Hey, God, what are you doing? This is the reason why. Listen carefully. This is the reason why God say in the Bible, you need to honor your parents. Because as kids, if you cannot honor your parents, you will never honor God. God used parents as His representative to raise kids, His children. If you don't honor your parents, you call your dad my old man. You call your mom her first name. Hi, da. How you da? Instead of call mom. In the Old Testament, when you show disrespectful action to your dad, you will be stoned to death. That is serious, because God know that in order for you to come to Him, you need to honor Him and respect Him. And if you cannot honor and respect your dad, your mom, your pastor, your leader, you're not going to show respect to God, Heavenly Father. We are living in a generation of young people. Who really are disrespectful and dishonorable to their parents? I just went to Thailand, and one family asked for counseling. They say that their two sons keep calling them bad language, throw things to them, and this been going on for years. I say this should be it, no more. Get them out of the house. They are 25 years old. They have to feed themselves now. You keep feeding them, and they call you all the bad word. No more. They need to be disciplined. You need to be strong. So our house, my uh, my wife and I never allow our children to say bad words to us. It's not going to happen. They need to respect their parents. Amen. The same thing. We need to respect the Holy Ghost. We need to respect the Father when we pray. Amen. We need to revere Him. We need to respect and show honor and know that you are coming to the heavenly Father. He's uh, Living God, He's a great God. Look at what Jesus say. In this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Number two, okay. Number three. Number one, pray to the Father. Number two, respect, reverence, and honor the Father with your word and your action. Three, you need to find the will of God. When you pray, you pray according to the will of God. Ephesians chapter five verse seventeen say, "Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is." We need 
to know the will of the Lord. And how do we know the will of the Lord? First and foremost, the Bible. And then the Holy Spirit. The Bible gives us the will of God. And the Holy Spirit will show us the will of God. The Bible may not say which house you're going to buy, which woman you're going to marry with, which school you're going to go to. It gives us principle. But the Holy Spirit will guide you which house you're going to buy, which company you're going to join in. So as believers, you need to know the Bible and you need to be hooked up to the Holy Spirit. You need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit to know the will of God. Let His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? How many people promise God you're going to be diligent in getting into the Word of God? How many people say, I'm going to be filled with the Holy Spirit? I'm going to be led by the Spirit of God? Amen. If you can do that, you will live a victorious life. Your prayer will be very effective. Let me share with you general will of God. The will of God is everyone to be saved, everyone to be delivered, everyone to be healed, everyone to prosper, everyone to have victory, everyone know God and grow up spiritually. That is the general will of God. So when you pray for the healing, you don't pray like this. God, if it's your will for him to be healed. No, you don't pray like this. You know it's God's will for your loved one to be healed. You don't pray like this. God, if it's your will, my husband will be saved. No. You know it's God's will for your husband to be saved. Period. He wants everyone to be saved. So you need to pray according to his will and say, God, Holy Spirit, open the eyes of my husband to see the light of the gospel. You persistently ask God for the salvation of your loved ones. You don't need to ask God for his will. It's his will for them to be saved. Amen. Look at verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. You say, hey, the father said that he already knew what I need. Why he just dropped what I need into my lap? Why do I have to ask? The book of James says, you don't have because you don't ask. Do you know why we need to ask even though God knows what we need? I want to give you spiritual reason right now. Okay, listen carefully. When God created Adam and Eve, he gave the dominion to Adam and Eve. They have the authority to rule the world. But Adam and Eve sinned against God and sold their authority to the devil. So the devil got the authority. Now the devil is ruling this world. The devil owned the majority part of the world. In order to give, listen carefully, in order to give God legal rights to do things on earth, you need to ask. Are you listening? Please ask everything. Don't feel that you bother God. I give you an example. When you get up in the morning, oh Lord, I ask you to help me to talk to my boss today. Help me to handle my customer. Help me to perform surgery. Oh Lord, I need your direction. And you're going to travel to LA. You say, God, I need your grace, protection, guidance. Open the door where I should go. Close the door I should not go. Go before me. Go after me. And go over me, all around about me, protect me, prepare the way for me, give me grace and favor everywhere I go, protect me from sickness and disease, help me in this traveling trip. Everything you ask him, and he will answer you. Don't be prideful and say, I don't need God, you know, I can handle things in my own life. No, no, no. Ask God about everything you do. Please don't feel that you bother God. He say, ask. 
and it will be given to you. Is it wonderful that you travel on a trip and you don't die in the accident? You don't want to go out on a trip and then your family at home hear, "Oh, he was dead in the car wreck." No, you don't want that. You need to go safely, come back safely. What do you do? Pray, ask, and you give God legal right to help you, to protect you from harm, protect you from damage and sickness and disease. Amen. Are you listening? You say, ask about everything. Everything. The devil, listen carefully. The devil will find the open door, a hole to sneak in to get at you. So what does he do? He make you forget to pray. He make you have doubt and unbelief. When you walk like that, like Job, he sneak in and hit you. That's why this teaching is so important. Before you go out to work, pray to cover your wife and your kids. Protection. When I go to Thailand, I pray for the protection of the whole church here. I pray for the protection of my kids at home, my grandkids. I pray and ask because I don't want to have an open door for the devil to sneak in to attack the church or attack our members. We need to pray and ask all the time. Amen. How many people are going to do that? From now on, you're going to ask more, pray more. Look at verse 12. Almost done. I hurry up. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. In other words, pray in love. If you forgive people, God forgive you. Then your prayer gonna get answered. If you don't forgive people, you walk in resentment, bitterness. Your prayer will not get answered. Amen. Don't get mad at God. Don't get upset with people. Verse 13. And do not lead us into temptation. But deliver us from the evil one, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. God say, actually, the word "lead" here in the Greek language, in other parts of the Bible, is translated as "bring," b-r-i-n-g, bring us into the situation that I will not fall into temptation. The Bible say in Proverbs chapter five, verses one to eight. That stay away from the door of the immoral woman. In verse eight, say, "Remove your way far from her. Do not go near the door of her house." So compare immoral woman of any kind of sin. God say, "Don't go near the door of that house. You're gonna get into trouble. The devil cannot push you into the door. You are the one who walk in yourself." No one else can push you to the door. You walk in yourself. So that's why Jesus say, "Pray that God will show you." You walk here. Up, oh, that door is bad. Don't go close. Get away from that door. You see my point? When you start to have relationship with somebody or you start to do something, God show you. Don't get involved with that. Stay away from that door. Don't lead me into temptation. Don't get involved in that. I heard that since we have Facebook. In the world, there's so many divorces and so many adultery. People break up in marriage because people open the door. They Facebook to another man or another woman across the nation, across the land, and then another person start bucking in, bucking in, and pushing in. And you open the door, you build relationship through Facebook, and then you divorce your own wife and your own husband and get remarried with another person. That is the door that you need to close. If you feel that this come in, no, shut it off. Cancel friendship. Shut off. Don't get involved with that. Amen. 
Don't lead me into temptation. And the last word he said, "For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever." Amen. We pray to the Father. We honor the name of God. We honor Him. We respect Him. We ask for what we need. We ask God to protect us from temptation. We also forgive people. And when we receive all the answer from the prayer, people around us see miracle, see great things happen in our life. Who get the glory and honor? God. Amen. We want to live a life that shine the love of God, the goodness of God all over the world. That's why knowing how to pray correctly, how to communion with God correctly, is so important as a witness for Jesus Christ. If people around us see us, our life is in a mess, in sin, living sinful life, always broke, always sick, always defeated. No one want to believe in Jesus. But if they see us victorious, prosperous, strong, overcoming sin, living a holy life, good family, joyful, fruitful, they say, "I want to join your church. I want to become a Christian like you." That's why the prayer life is so important. Because it will bring victory to you. You know how to pray. Everyone say, "I want to know how to pray. I want to know how to pray properly." How many people are going to apply this teaching? How many people say, "I learned a lot today"? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for teaching your sheep, teaching your children in this house. How to communion with you, Lord? How to fellowship and commune with you? Oh Lord, may this teaching become real in their life. That they will become to they will begin to experience the benefits of prayer, and they will learn how to pray correctly, Father. Oh Lord, use us to shine your glory and your honor to this lost and dying world, Lord. Lord, teach your church. Every day, remind us by your Holy Spirit when we pray incorrectly. Show us, Lord, that we will be changed. We will repent, Lord. We thank you, Father, for your word that Jesus spoke in Matthew chapter six, Lord. We're gonna pray in that manner, Father. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Before we have lunch together, I'd like to ask a quick question. Any one of you don't know Jesus? Or maybe you have walked away from Jesus. You say, "I want to come back home, and I want to come and have relationship with God." I would like to encourage you to make that choice, make that decision today. How many people say, "I want to walk with Jesus. I want to come back home. Pray with me, Father in heaven. I want to come back to you. You love me so much, Lord." Send your Son Jesus Christ to die for me. You love me first, Lord. I want to become your child. I receive Jesus into my heart. From today on, teach me, show me the way, build me up, Lord, to be a strong believer. I don't want to be a doubter. I want to be a believer. We thank you, Father. 
in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's give the mighty hand of praises to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. To them all gathered in your name, I lift to you this new...